1: Hey everybody, welcome once again, Disability Law Show. John Scholes here and co-founding partner Savan Tamarkin, uh, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed disability law firm in the country or uh, in Ontario or BC or Alberta. Good, and welcome to the show. We're going to get to a bunch of emails and other correspondence on the show today. A couple different ways, email help at disabilityrights.ca. You have the opportunity to go to mydisabilityquestions.com as well. That's got a searchable database. You can see if your question or someone's uh, a question similar similar has been asked in the past. If not, leave it there. And, uh, you know, there's always a chance to phone Savannah and his team to have a lengthier conversation on your own privately. one 821 5900 And for any other questions and queries about LTD, uh, you want to go to ltdfaq.ca. Again, ltdfaq.ca. Really simple. All right, let's get it going, pal. What do you got to, to kick us off?
2: Hey, John. It's, uh, it's been a busy week with a lot of different questions coming from across the country. Let me start off with one, an email I received this week from a lady in BC. And I'll read you the email, and then we'll dissect it because it's quite cool. interesting, especially given the COVID situation we're still in. Uh, so here's what she writes. She says, Hello, Sivan. I've been working full-time for 14 years with the BC Crown Corporation. For the last two years, I've been on LTD. just recently labeled totally disabled three months ago with my claim to be reviewed in one year there is no anticipated return to work date until my doctors say so due to my condition my medications and therapeutic injections that are spaced out in a schedule i've chosen not to get the COVID vaccines until my conditions improve and i can continue to space out my therapy with the recent vaccine mandates enforced on federal and provincial government workers our ltd And totally disabled employees affected by the new mandates even though we're not technically working will my payments be cut off if I'm not vaccinated yet thank you very much interesting interesting question John and I have to tell you I I'll be honest here Um, listen I don't know everything as much as I like to tell my wife that I do (laughs) Uh, and she reminds me uh, every single day that that's not the case uh, as do my kids I you know I, I it's an interesting question, and it's a question that I actually posed to our entire disability group, all the lawyers in my group in Alberta, in BC and Ontario, to, to get their thoughts. And I think the consensus is, at least in our view, is that as long as you are on LTD like this lady, she's currently receiving long-term disability, the only way she can stop receiving LTD payments is, number one, if she doesn't comply with the provisions of the policy and generally those have to do with treatment so if you're not getting reasonable treatments which obviously she is number two it's if you're not totally disabled anymore from doing any occupation in in her case right because she's beyond the two-year mark now and number three if you've reached that age limit under most policies which is age 65 and I don't think she's in that category either and so unless you are in one of those three categories, there is no reason why not getting a vaccine, it appears here for medical reasons, why that should prevent her from continuing to get LTD payments. Now, the question arose amongst our group is how does this how does this affect her employment though? Uh, well I, I don't know that anyone is really giving any thought to that right now because she's mm-hmm. on LTd. so even though federal employees are now mandated to take the vaccine, I don't know that, that, that her, let's say, refusal or inability to take the vaccines is going to impact her LTD. If she becomes ready to go back uh, to work, uh, at that point, there may be an issue there, right? Because unless she can get that medical exemption in writing from her doctors, and those are that's right. a very, very narrow exception, uh, unless she can get that, she's going to be out of a job. But I think that's a different issue than whether or not not getting the vaccine right now would prevent her from continuing to get LTD payments. And this goes to a broader question, I think, that we get often on this show, John, from individuals who are on LTD who are asking, under what circumstances uh, can the insurance company stop paying me long-term disability payments? You know, what happens if my company closes down? What happens if my company restructured? What happens if somebody takes over the company, a different company? Uh, You know, what happens if my employer changes LTD providers? And I tell people, look, if you've been accepted to LTD or you have a legitimate claim that ought to have been accepted to LTD and you're in a battle with your insurance company, you ought to be paid LTD irrespective of what's happening with your employment. So long, so long as you either have been already accepted into the LTD program or you ought to have been accepted. I say ought to have been accepted because in many instances people are rejected and denied outright and we help those individuals as well make sure that they get their LTD. But once you're getting LTD, again, the only ways the insurance company can stop paying you is if you've reached that age limit under the policy, if you're not complying with reasonable treatments, uh, or if, if you're not disabled anymore. But remember, the fact that the insurance company is cutting you off for that, for one of those reasons, or any other reason, doesn't make it fact. It doesn't mean that the insurance company is correct. In fact, in many, many cases, many, many cases, insurance companies are wrong in denying you long-term disability or cutting you off long-term disability and that's when people contact us John and we help them we help them fight the insurance company it's actually not that difficult I know I say fight and people immediately think courtroom <sighs> dramas and you know American TV it's nothing like that it's nothing like that it does mean us exercising legal muscle against the insurance company but guess right. what that's the language they understand Once we start that legal process with the insurance company, first of all, we take over the process. You as an individual don't have to deal with this. You have to give us the information we need, but we are the ones actually fighting the insurance company for you. And there is a reason why we have a name and a reputation with insurance companies across the country, across Canada, because we get results and they know that if we are representing somebody who is disabled, we mean business. We have the resources, we have the knowledge, the expertise. We have everything it takes to get results for our clients. So if you've been denied long-term disability, please get in touch with us. It costs nothing to get advice from us about your case.
1: Well, I think a lot of the reason, too, or some of the reason, with people, you know, they get the denial that they get cut off. They just think, you know, the insurance companies, uh, they, what they say, what they, what they, uh, what they do is gospel. And they, they would know they're the insurance company. They ever pay me? They, you know, they, they're a big corporate entity. How would I possibly be able to uh, to say they're wrong and cutting me off? I guess I'll just walk away, right?
2: You hit the nail on the head. You know, Most people either think that what the insurance company says is gospel, or in the alternative, they think that they have no way of challenging the insurance right. company. And I keep telling people, and some people don't believe me, they'll email me and they'll say, listen, I know you're saying this, you're on the radio, you're a lawyer, you know, you're trying to scoop up business. There is that element, of course. I mean, I'll be honest with you, this is a business, right? But in many instances, I tell people, look... I'm giving you the advice that I think is the most correct advice, the way a doctor would give that to you. Not for the purpose of you retaining me right now on this issue, for the purpose of empowering you. If I give you advice, and that happens, John, incidentally, I give people advice only to find out later that they went with another lawyer, fine, I have no issue with that, as long as you are going to the right person for help. No different than if you are going to a doctor, doctor will give you advice. If you want to get treatment with somebody else, go ahead but make sure you get the right treatment from the right person because if you don't the results going to be catastrophic and the the reality is this these insurance companies are preying on people's vulnerabilities they are uh, uh, they're 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 preying on people's ignorance and most most this is most importantly this is really really important because i can tell you almost each one of my clients will tell you this is the case they are preying on people's fears they are that they are preying on people not knowing what their rights are and thinking that they have no option but to comply with what the insurance company is telling them. And many, many times it's just simply not the case.
1: 1-855-821-5900 to reach out anytime you could do so, uh, mydisabilityquestions.com is well. What else uh, What else are we going to get going with, Mel?
2: Well, let me talk to you about something else here. This is another individual that had uh, reached out to us. This person is from Alberta. Now, this person uh, has been asked by her insurance company to see an occupational therapist. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm going to give you some facts about this lady. Uh, This lady is 32 years old, earning about $40,000 a year. Uh, She uh, she's getting LTD at this point. She's Mm -hmm. off work for depression, anxiety. Uh, Family doctor, psychiatrist. They're all saying she cannot work. However, the insurance company wants to send her to an occupational therapist. Um, for for an assessment. Now here's the thing, and, and he, he, here's the the interesting part here. Uh, this lady is a single mother. Uh, she has a small child, and she has childcare issues. And the insurance company, or at least the sorry, the occupational therapist that is being uh, referred, she's being referred to by the insurance company, has very limited availability. I think it's like a window of one to two hours, uh, several times a week, exactly when this lady has no ability to get childcare. No family around, no friends. She simply is unable to, 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 you know, to take the time off during that period of time. And the insurance company is threatening to cut off her benefits because they're saying, you're not complying with us telling you that you have to go uh, you know, to this uh, occupational therapist. And so she reached out to me saying, what do I do? I'm afraid. It's not yeah. that I don't want to go to this assessment. It's that the times you're giving me from this therapist are so limited, I don't know what to do. So I told her, here's what you're gonna, here's what you're going to do. You're going to email this adjuster, and you're going to say you're going to spell out exactly what the issue is. Uh, explain very factually the times and days that you can go to the assessment. Explain why you cannot go in certain times. Make it abundantly clear that you are not only. Uh, okay with going to to this assessment but you know you will bend over backwards and you know you will be as compliant as possible to try and go to this assessment so long as it does not interfere with your child care needs Now the reason why you're saying this and I told her to say this in writing is because if the insurance company cuts her off at some point soon or in the future she can point to this email where she told the adjuster specifically I'm not refusing to go I'm not refusing, I will go to this assessment, I will do my darnest to go to this assessment, but I have certain priorities at home. And due to these priorities, either get me a different assessor or speak with this assessor to give me a different time frame that I can go, uh, you know, different days. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. At this point right now, I think she's taken that advice and has, has done that. We'll see what the insurance company comes back with. Yeah. But again, the greater lesson here is that insurance companies do have a right to have you assessed by someone. Okay, if you're suffering from psychological issues, they can send you to a ther- not to a therapist, to a psychologist, a psychiatrist. Uh, you know, if, if you know they want you to be examined by an orthopedic surgeon, if you're having some kind, of, if you have some kind of an injury that prevents you from working, they gotcha. can do that. But the reality is that they can't demand unreasonable things from you to attend this assessment. I've had one person a while back, John. That was told that he has to attend an assessment that was 10 hours drive away <laughs> and by the way this person in addition to all the psychological issues he had was also agoraphobic right oh, Claustrophobic, agoraphobic had a yeah. whole bunch of phobias so it, it, it aggravated everything and so anyways we, we helped him work through that but my point is even when you do have certain obligations on the policy those obligations are not unlimited vis-a-vis the insurance company. The insurance company does have to accommodate your disability and your inability to do certain things. It's not a 100% blanket ability to just say, you got to do it or we cut you off. They may present that to you as that, but that's not necessarily the case.
1: Right. Let's take a short break and get back into more. In the meantime, reaching out if something has piqued your interest or you got a question for Savan or his uh, his team, it's easy. one 821 5900 the number. Help at disabilityrights.ca for email address. Shorten that to just disabilityrights.ca, and that will give you links on the media page for our uh, TV show and where you can see that as well. But we'll continue after a short break. Coming right back, more Disability Law Show is on the way. All right, welcome back, Disability Law Show. Thanks so much for hanging in today. If you're in Ontario or BC, Alberta, welcome to the program. You can reach out across the, those uh, those provinces to Savan and his crew. They're ready to help you. Have helped tens of thousands of people across this country get the compensation they deserve. It's owed you. It's not a it's not a bonus. It's not a windfall. It's 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 what you're paying for, right? So, reach out and explore a little further. 1-855-821- Fifty-nine hundred, Really simple, right? Help at disabilityrights.ca. For more information, FAQs, as a matter of fact, ltdfaq.ca. But, Savan, want to get to an email just came in from our pal James. uh, Short and sweet. Good question, though. Uh, James is in Ottawa. He says, can an LTD claimant refuse to participate in an independent medical examination requested by the insurer?
2: So we just finished in the last segment yep. talking about a situation like this. No, the answer generally is no. You cannot refuse to participate in an independent medical examination. It's called an IME. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing is they use the word independent. These examinations are anything but independent. Remember, they're being arranged for by the insurance company. They're being paid for by the insurance company. And the report from this assessor goes to the insurance company first. Uh, So they're not independent, okay? Let's just strike that word. However, however, they are called IMEs, independent medical examinations. You cannot refuse to go to those if the insurance company is sending you to them, but there are certain caveats to that statement. One caveat is this. Let's say that they send you to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or some doctor, okay, for an examination. Let's say that... Uh, you know you went to the assessment and then suddenly a month later the insurance company the adjuster says hey by the way we need you to go to another one a different one but it's the same kind of an assessor so they send you let's say to a psychiatrist at the beginning and now they want to send you to another psychiatrist meanwhile they have not produced the report of the first psychiatrist so you know you have to question then well wait a second why am i seeing a second psychiatrist Right. Uh, What happened with the first one? Did you get a report that was favorable to me, the individual, as opposed to you, the insurance company? So that can happen. So again, if an insurance company tells you to attend multiple assessments, ask them to show you where in your LTD policy it gives them the right to do so. Because generally speaking, the insurance company cannot do that. They can send you to an assessment for your disability, but they can't send you to multiple assessments with the same type of an assessor. Okay? Unless there is a, a reason, maybe the first assessor died or something happened. You know who knows. But generally speaking, if you are told you need to go to an assessment, you do. However, again, there are caveats. I've had situations, John, where people tell me, you know, they're emailing me and calling me in urgency, and they're saying, "I've been on LTD for a couple of years. I got a call from my adjuster yesterday saying that they've scheduled an assessment for me two days from now. There's no way I can do it two days from now. I have childcare needs. I have." other stuff going on, whatever. You know, what do I do? And I tell them, look, the insurance company has a a right to have you assessed, but it has to be reasonable. They can't send you, uh, you know, 10 hours away if you don't have the ability to go 10 hours away for an assessment. Not when they can, you know, get an assessment done closer to you or unless they want to make arrangements for you to stay overnight or in transportation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they can tell you from today to tomorrow or today to two days from now to suddenly participate in one of these assessments. I had a lady contact me a couple of weeks ago saying, uh, Hey, Sivan, she says, I uh, was just scheduled an assessment a few weeks from now and it's a three day assessment. Oh literally gosh. three full days. And I said, well, You know, we had a conversation. I said, what, What's the assessment? What, you know, why, why is it taking three days? You know, because most assessments don't take more than an hour or two. There are assessments that do require more time psychovocational type of assessments usually cognitive type of tests there are assessments and tests that do require more time uh, sometimes in person as opposed to a virtual assessment but again you have to be on your guard so do you have to go James to an independent medical examination requested by the insurer generally the answer is yes however uh, the parameters of that assessment must be reasonable and grounded in the LTD policy because if they're not, then you have a right to refuse or to at least explain to the insurance company why you're not refusing, mm-hmm. but you need certain accommodations such as transportation, such as you know doing it far enough in advance that you can make arrangements for your kids, et cetera, et cetera
1: one 821 5900 that number to reach out. If you're puzzled by any of this or, or scared or feel intimidated, call Savannah and his crew. They'll uh, they'll set you up and give you some uh, some peace of mind for sure. I thought this was interesting too. This just came down from uh, from Donna. I doesn't say where she's from, but sent an email anyway. She says, Savannah, I got a denial to my initial STD, uh, short-term disability application. My doctor is going to appeal, but do I need a lawyer for that appeal, or is it mainly for an LTD denial I need a lawyer for? Oh no! Don't, we
2: don't like those. <laughs> no, we don't. But it's emailed. a good question. It's a good. Yeah. I'm laughing because I, it's always it's interesting to me the kind of questions we get and and I love the fact that people are reaching out and asking questions. So so Donna, let's let's answer your question here. First of all, don't bother appealing. Again, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Okay, appealing. STD or LTD denials oftentimes are like a merry-go-round. You go around in circles and circles and circles. Mm-hmm. You come out and you're dizzy, you're tired, you want to puke. That's usually what ha- that's usually what people tell me after yeah. they get you know the appeal, they get rejected, they appeal again, they get rejected, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And in the worst case scenarios, people go through that process over a span of several years, only to find out that they're out of time to actually start the legal process against the insurance company which is really the main process that forces insurance companies to the table and actually forces them to pay and here's why when you're appealing STD or LTD denials you are appealing to the exact same group of people or company that denied you in the first place they have zero incentive zero incentive to approve your claim now again I'm not saying it never happens never say, I'm not going to say appeals never, never work. Again, just like I never say that playing the lottery is never going to result in you becoming a millionaire. Of course it could happen, but do you really want to stake your life and your livelihood on that possibility, that remote possibility? So she's asking here, I got a denial to my STD application. Do I need a lawyer for this appeal or is it mainly for LTD denials? So we've covered the appeal aspect. Do not appeal these decisions. You got to investigate and talk to us about the legal uh, process. Uh, STD and LTD, we deal with both. We deal with both, especially in situations where you know a person gets STD or is seeking STD, but their disability is really one that they anticipate to be for a long period of time. If your STD, and generally, by the way, STD, John, is for a few months, okay? A, yeah. LTD can be up to age 65, sometimes a bit longer, but generally it's up to age 65. STD usually you're talking about six months four months something like that okay and what I tell people is look if your disability or the reason you can't work uh, is in short term duration then it may it may not make sense to to go to a lawyer or even a paralegal to help you with that uh, again I would say stay away from appeals I would say you know small claims court can be an avenue here to go after the uh, the insurance company right. sometimes by the way the STD is being paid by the employer so, so again, that's not one of the nice things about our firm is that we do employment law too, right? So we can actually help you with the STD component if it's related to your employer. Uh, but even if it's not, you have an issue with your shortened disability, you've been denied. Come to us. We will talk to you. We we may tell you that it may not make sense to you to hire us. I mean, imagine that lawyers telling somebody, "Don't hire us, John," <laughs> because I don't want you to spend more money than than you know it's worth. But this is what we do here. We'll we'll give you the advice for free. We will tell you we'll look at your case, we'll look at the documentation, we will speak with you about your situations, your unique situations. Every situation is unique and we will tell you what your options are. Here's the menu of options. I like to use that that terminology. Many many years ago, my mother uh who had passed away from uh, from cancer, I remember going to um, to this magnificent doctor uh in Hamilton. And uh this is after sh- we've exhausted all options John with different doctors. And we went to this one doctor who says, here's a menu of options. And, and that's where I got that, you know, that verbiage. A person who has been denied disability feels like their life is crashing, feels like, you know, no. there's just no choice, no options. They have no money coming in. They have bills piling up high. Maybe there's kids' expenses. You know, they can't buy food, pay the mortgage, whatever. They need a menu of options. And that's what we do here. We will give you the menu of options after speaking with you and it is absolutely free.
1: Does it make any difference if the short-term disability and long-term disability insurers are two different companies? Often it's the same one and there should be no delay because it's, you know, a day's difference between going from short-term to to long-term, it should be smooth, but does it make a difference for for you or, or your client if it's different companies?
2: It's a very good question. Uh, let's talk about the scenarios. Yeah. It does make a difference. Okay. Uh, it makes a difference, but in different ways. So first of all, you can have a situation where somebody you write has short-term disability coverage with another insurance company, not the same one that pays out the long-term disability. You can have a situation where the STD is paid by the employer and the LTD is paid by an insurance company. Or you can have a situation where you have no STD. You have to go on EI sick benefits, right. and then afterwards you apply for LTD. But what happens in a situation where... Uh, You have STD through one insurance company or employer, and then LTD through another. Generally speaking, generally, the test for getting shortened disability is identical to the test for getting long-term disability. Essentially, the test is you cannot do the essential tasks of your own occupation. So imagine a situation where you've been denied STD by your employer or the insurance company, what I tell people is apply for LTD immediately as well. We will deal with the STD component. We'll deal with the employer or with the insurance company, but apply for LTD. If you're denied LTD, then we'll simply go after the LTD insurer as well. Now, what happens, John, in a situation where it's being paid by the same insurer, STD and LTD, by the same insurer, but STD was approved and LTD was denied? Can you imagine that Stupid situation that creates the same insurance company, different departments, one approves the person for STD, the other one disapproves the person for LTD when the test for getting both is the same. We get those. Believe it or not, we get those. And we resolve these so quick (laughs) because you know as soon as you tell the LTD insurer, listen, if we start a legal action against you, what do you think is going to happen when a judge is faced with a situation that the same insurance company... Uh, approved the first part of the claim and denied the second simply because different departments, different people looked at the same medical documentation. I mean, the absurdity that that creates. So, you know, we resolve again these kinds of cases all the time. And that's why I would tell this person, uh, you know, that comes to us with those kinds of questions whether you denied the STD or approved the STD, uh, if you are denied LTD, come to us. If you are denied STD, come to us. Either way, we'll give you those menus of options. So at least you'll know what your options are, and you'll be empowered by it. You don't have to take our advice, but at least you'll know what you can do about your denials.
1: Yeah, the first thing I mean is just stepping up and not letting it just sit there and fester because it's going to get you nowhere because the insurance right. company, the longer you wait, the more interest they make on your money and uh, they don't, uh, they, you know, they're trying not to pay you out. But uh, that's that's the reason why you want to make that, that phone call uh, to Savannah to see. We got more going on uh, coming up here in just a bit. Mydisabilityquestions.com. Help at disabilityrights.ca. More emails and questions from those two sources as well. Anytime as well when the show's not on, you want to make that phone call and reach out to Savannah or his Team ready for you. 1 855 821 and disabilityrights.ca as well. We'll continue. This is a disability law show.
0: You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
1: Yep, yeah, this is the Disability Law Show. Welcome back, Savannah Mark and co-founding partner here answering all of your questions. You want to uh, send some along any time if we don't get it on this show. I know he's got a very large and capable team. Take care of all the incoming emails and calls as well. Maybe we'll get to it next week on the show. If not, it will be answered. Simply go to help at disabilityrights.ca. You have the option of mydisabilityquestions.com as well. That's cool because that's got a searchable database so you can uh, save some time, see if your question or one very similar to yours has been been asked in the past, read the answer, not satisfied, leave your question there, and it will get answered, mydisabilityquestions.com, and the good old-fashioned phone call, right, still there, 1-855-821-5900, okay, pal, take it away.
2: And John, by the way, the ltdfaq.ca website, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic website, has been used so many times now across the country, it's that website we created a few months back now, uh, where we basically created these little memorandums, for individuals out there, it's free, uh, and it answers your questions about the most common types of issues that we encounter with people when they call us about CPP disability, independent medical examinations, Love surveillance, it. all that kind of stuff. We we have those memos on ltd ltdfaq.ca. That's the website. It's free. Just go to it and you'll see everything. You can just download them. No legal speak whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's just plain English, uh, and it's very very helpful. Uh, John, I want to read you an email that I received recently um, okay. so this comes from a lady that has breast cancer so here's what she writes She says I'm recently going through sorry I'm currently going through treatment for breast cancer I've pushed through and, and, and worked with some days off here and there since I started in January and I have nine months more of targeted immunotherapy to go the side effects are now compounding and the stress level at work has become worse I need some time off my employer supports this as well as my doctors My GP submitted the application, the um, disability application, citing my side effects and provided 70 pages of clinical notes since we started our treatments. The insurance company told me yesterday that my claim is being denied. They are basically saying that I've worked this long and why can't I continue? That I completed chemo, radiation, and that should be the hardest part. That's what they're saying to her. That there is no information from the doctor showing my side effects are getting worse? Is it common for them to try rejecting initial applications? Is it worth my time and stress working with my doctors to appeal and send letters stating that I need time off to continue my treatments and heal physically and mentally? John, I mean, how do you answer a question? I mean, I, I know uh, to answer, obviously right. I answered this immediately, but how... how Can a person on the other side, sitting in, you know, a cubicle at the insurance company's headquarters, possibly say this to this lady who's going through breast cancer treatments, radiation, chemoimmunotherapy, how can they do that? It's just crazy to me. And this is after the doctors are supporting her being off work. Well, I'll tell you what we would do in a case like this. I would would (laughs) literally hit the insurance company with everything we have. I would immediately, immediately start a legal action against them, and I'm not just, con- you know, I'm, I wouldn't just go after the the benefits that she would be owed here for being off work. I would go for the jugular. I would go for punitive damages, for aggravated damages, for general damages. For new listeners out there, uh, in insurance contract disputes, generally, when you when you start a legal action, uh, under our common law doctrine in Canada, which comes from the British system. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Australia, they use this in the US, etc. It's called the common law uh, legal system. Uh, in a contractual dispute, when you are going after a party that has not um, done what it's supposed to under the contract, what you can get generally is what is owed to you under the contract. And that's what we would be doing here. We would be going after what the insurance company owes this lady the benefits, the, the disability benefits, STD slash LTD, whatever she needs. But in insurance contracts, the courts uh, have sort of carved out exceptions. And they said, you know, contracts of insurance are what we describe as contracts for peace of mind. Whether it's car insurance, health insurance, uh, home insurance, disability insurance, the idea is that you have peace of mind, or you're supposed to have peace of mind by having this insurance and when an insurance company breaches their obligations these duties to you under the contract not only are you entitled to to what's owed under the contract but you're potentially owed more and so aggravated and general damages are legal terms and we go after insurance companies all the time for those kinds of damages what we basically want is compensation for our clients for the mental distress that these insurance companies are causing these individuals now there is another category called punitive damages. Punitive damages are punishment and courts throughout the country throughout Canada uh, have slapped insurance companies with these kinds of of awards. Uh you know there th- there are there are very famous cases one called Fiddler uh there's a whole bunch of them actually if you were to just google uh uh disability insurance punitive damages in Canada it will come up. You will see a lot of these cases that are reported decisions by judges across the country where insurance companies were ordered, not just, just pay the benefits under the policies, but actually pay punitive damages. And these are punishment against the insurance company for acting in a, in a malicious and high handed manner. And again, circling back to this email from this lady here with the breast cancer, to me, this is a case that cries out for additional damages against the insurance company. To me, this is high handed conduct this is malicious this is just bad this is unjust so it's one thing for the insurance company to simply have a different opinion about a case and in good faith deny claim that does happen we can still force them in many cases to pay but it's another thing when it's so clear-cut when telling this lady that because she was able to work when she's been going through chemo and radiation there's no reason for her not to be able to continue working despite what everything everything her doctors are saying to me that's malicious to me, that invites punitive damages, and I would go after the insurance company with everything we have for this lady.
1: I couldn't do that job just based on the way they they
2: you know turn people down, turn people away. I don't know. It's horrible, John. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> and, and people people ask me sometimes, how do these adjusters live with themselves? Right. Well, let me tell you something. Not all these adjusters are bad people. Okay, some of them are. I know them. <laughs> some of them are fantastic people. They're just doing a job. They're doing a job that they've been trained to do. But you know, I, I think. To me, one of the biggest crimes for anyone uh, in any position of authority or a position where they are there to, to either help somebody or, or refuse to help somebody, either in a government position or in, in the insurance context, is indifference. To be yeah. indifferent to a person, to not be objective about what it is that you are, you are looking at, to have no empathy whatsoever in a job where I think you should have empathy. I mean, remember, again, these insurance companies are there to protect you but many times, they don't do that. Many times, they try to find every excuse in the book not to help you. That's when we hold them to account, and it's not as hard as you think. It's just not. I know. I worked on the other side. I worked I for insurance companies. It's not that hard to go after them and force them to pay.
1: You want to take a, a few minutes and, uh, and talk to Savannah anytime time you can. As we go to break, I'll give you some details here. its eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at disabilityrights.ca and again ltdfaq.ca for more information as well ltdfaq.ca we'll continue a few minutes to go stick around Uh, it's coming after a short break more disability law show is on the way
0: you are listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio six forty Toronto.
1: Welcome back, to Disability Law Show. Good to have you here for this uh, this past hour forty eight minutes or so. Here's how you reach out to uh, Savannah anytime and his team, ready to talk to you. Co founding partner Sam Firu Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed. Disability Law Firm in the Land, Ontario, and BC, and Alberta as well. Be listening and corresponding through those uh, three provinces. It is 1-855-821-5900, help at disabilityrights.ca. And anytime you have other questions, come to mind for yourself or for a, a friend, a pal, a family member who's struggling with their LTD insure, mydisabilityquestions.com. That'll uh, that'll help you out big time. Okay, last few minutes, pal, where are we, uh, we going to take this one?
2: And John, so many things to cover here. <laughs> Let yeah. me just go to another individual actually that contacted me during our break um and again i'm just I'm just reviewing the information she just sent me. She's mm-hmm. from uh uh western ontario here um she's on l t d she's a warehouse supervisor earning over a hundred thousand dollars a year she's sixty one years old she suffers from uh the di- uh diverticulitis anxiety issues. Um, She has uh, a a, a GP, a psychotherapist, a whole bunch of doctors that are saying she should be off work here. Uh, And the insurance company has uh, denied or cut her off um, LTD because they claim that these issues are arising from workplace stress conditions. In other words, they are employment related as opposed to non-employment related. Uh, And on that basis, they are um, cutting her off uh, claim. And, uh, John, this is an issue that comes up quite often, this idea that insurance companies deny claims or cut people off claims because they say that really the reason you're off work is not because you are disabled uh, due to some kind of a, of, of a condition that is independent from work. It's because it has to do with your employment. You have right. a toxic work environment. You have a bad boss. You know, things are happening there. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to punt it off they're trying to basically tell you that if you have that kind of an issue, well it's nothing to do with us. You can work elsewhere. Uh, you can just hire an insurance uh, an employment lawyer and that employment lawyer should be able to help you with your employment needs. Well, you know, if that was the case here, then that's correct, right? And by the way, again, we have employment uh, lawyers. That's what we do. We do employment law and disability law. And so many of our employment lawyers end up helping people who are also disabled with their employment related issues. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. The insurance company would be correct if in fact one can say that if this lady got the same job at a different warehouse where the environment was not toxic that she could work if she could work in a different warehouse it's just that in her specific location where uh, she currently works that's the only reason she cannot go back to work because of a toxic work environment the insurance company would would likely be correct here okay but in many cases when people become disabled usually psychologically as a result of a toxic work environment, in many cases that psychological disability become generalized. Generalized anxiety disorder, generalized depression. In other words, what does that mean? It means that it doesn't matter if you were to now put them in a different work environment. The psychological issues that are debilitating to them are now no longer specific to the location, to the the workplace where they originated once that happens once your condition is generalized that it doesn't matter where you are now you're still going to be disabled well guess what the insurance company must pay you they can't weasel out by saying oh it's an employment issue you may still have an employment case against your former employer for having created that toxic work environment that made you leave but the insurance company can't simply say that they're not going to pay you because now you have a generalized condition it's no longer specific to your workplace. So that's a very important distinction. And again, we have a memo on this on our free website, ltdfaq.ca. Really, really important point, John.
1: Yeah, it's like you said, and I know James Fireman, your, your partner said, it's not bad boss insurance. I mean, if it's just a disruptive <laughs> yeah. workplace, that's not that's not how it works. But if it's an actual workplace and it's causing you, you know, some some physical distress, then, yeah, there should be an issue, to your point. I want to get to, um, if you want to, i got an email here. No, sure. sorry, it's mydisabilityquestions.com. This comes from Debbie. She's in Surrey. Just dropped this over. Said, uh, I work with the Surrey School District, and I'm in a union. I'm approaching my two-year mark from being injured on the job. I'm filling out form of uh, out a form for training, experience, and education. If uh, no job can be found within my district, can they force me to leave my employer when I am able to go back to work? I am currently waiting to see a specialist and have not been medically cleared as I'm having ongoing symptoms and challenges. What do you think about that?
2: Yeah, excellent question, Debbie. Uh, the answer is this, and this goes back to, to basics. Um, when you apply for LTD or when you get LTD, long-term disability payments, The test for getting LTD for the first two years is, can you do the essential tasks of your own occupation? Uh, But beyond the two-year mark, and she's saying here that she's approaching the two-year mark, beyond the two-year mark, the question is no longer can you perform the essential tasks of your own occupation, it's can you perform the essential tasks of any occupation for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience. So her question here is, can they force me to leave my employer when I am able to go back to work? Well, no. First of all, nobody can force you to leave your employer, but what the insurance company is going to say is, if we've determined that you can do another occupation, you can work in another occupation that you're suited for, and I'll get to that in a second. What does that mean, suited for? Mm-hmm. If, if you can do that, well, then they, they, they won't force you to resign or to go to another employer. They'll simply tell you at that point forward. They don't have to pay you LTD anymore. And they would be correct if, in fact, there is an occupation that you can do at the two-year mark for which you are suited for by training, education, or experience. And generally what that means, John, we look at commensurate income. Generally what we say is, if at the two-year mark you can do some kind of a job, an occupation that pays you 60 or 65% of your pre-disability income, At that point, the insurance company would be correct, most likely. Again, I'm not saying this 100% because it depends on the situation, but most likely the insurance company will be correct in saying, yeah, we don't have to pay you. But it's really important to understand here that many people get cut off at that two-year mark or around that two-year mark incorrectly by the insurance company, unjustly. When the doctors are saying, no, this person cannot do another occupation, this person is suffering from this or from that, a psychological issue, a physical issue, a combination of both, But the insurance company doesn't care. They will find every excuse to tell you why they're not going to pay you. And this is why I'm saying that if at any point you're cut off LTD, you must get legal advice. Give us a call. It costs nothing to talk. Because in most instances, John, we tell people you have options, that menu of options. We can go after the insurance company. Unless you tell me you can do some other kind of a job that pays you commensurate income, I will tell you no. Let's just go after the insurance company because they owe you that money yeah that's that that's the reality here most people actually do walk away from this money that's owed to them, but they shouldn't that's money that is owed to them highlight that word owed to them okay
1: last minute uh last minute uh things for people what do you think pal moving forward especially in these covid times which are still upon us yeah right?
2: I, I think, you know, my message has always been consistent, especially since COVID started. You've got to be strong for yourself and for your family. And sometimes it feels like everyone is against you. The insurance companies are against you. But, you know, we are here to help. And, and it, it, again, it doesn't cost anything to get the advice. And if you know someone, John, I'm talking to everyone out there that's listening, you know someone who needs this help, please get them in touch with us or tell them to go to mydisabilityquestions.com. Or, or go to ltdfaq.ca. You will find answers there. You will find information. You will be empowered to help other uh, help others, family, friends, colleagues, get them this information that they desperately need.
1: ltdfaq.ca is one way. The phone number, another way, one 821 5900 Help at disabilityrights.ca, the email. And finally, we've used it a few times uh, over this hour. MyDisabilityQuestions.com. There you go. We'll set you right up and we'll catch you next week right here at the Disability Law Show.
0: The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.